Hello, and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Or, you know, welcome back for all those. Yeah. We appreciate, we appreciate those that come back and listen to us time and again. So, uh, what's, what's new? You know, same old, same old, right? Yeah, it's getting a little warm, you know, in our neck of the woods. <laughs> I will hand you, I You're will not say wrong. that. 15 yeah. seconds in and we're already talking about the weather. I know it's got to stop, but it's not going to stop folks because, you know, it's gotten a little warm, but. That it has, that it has. Yeah. June 1st, 95 degrees. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. A little much, a little much, but you know, here we are. What are we talking about? I don't know. Um. Lenses, cameras. Okay. Well, before we get there, we got to, we got to touch on a thing. Cause you know, if y'all for the welcome, for the people I welcome back, you probably know that we, we follow a few things. So uh, what in the suffering of anything do you make of the news on May 30th, 2022? At least that what I'm reading here with NPR pushing the thing out and it was, it was, it hit the news and then it's like widely known now. A man in a wig was detained after throwing a piece of like cream pie at the Mona Lisa. I mean, maybe like he was just living out one of his long-held fantasies. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that, and there'll be some. Yeah, let's not go there quite yet. But yeah, this is <laughs> this is. I mean, this is kind of like. I mean, it, it, it seems an odd thing to do. I'm sure he had a reason, but I'm like. 2022 was for everything going for the on environment in the world. for the environment. He, he apparently screamed some stuff about the, and I get it like the environment's serious, but like to like dress up as an old lady in, in a wheelchair, wheel yourself in with the, with the cream pie on your lap or whatever. And then like, you know, I've been there. It's not that big of a painting and it's, pretty high and it's protected with plexiglass, but I mean, good guy, I mean, good for him, I guess to hit, hit it. I mean, maybe not, maybe I shouldn't say that French people are going to tweet at me. I'm I mean, kidding. I'm just, hit the glass. I, I, you know. well, yeah. I mean, don't give me shit. It's got glass around it. I mean, come on folks. It was stolen at one point in time. Okay. So at least they didn't steal it this time, but yeah, this is sort of bizarre. I mean, I guess if you want to get noticed, go to the Louvre, you know, I get, I get, I, to be honest, Rannon, I can't remember. Like, I think when I was there, it was like, okay, you couldn't, you could now with phones and you could take a phone in and take pictures of stuff. But I didn't think you could like, you know, stroll around, like eating your lunch and touching like, you know, antiquities <laughs> and fine art. But I mean, you know, the times they've changed. Yeah. I just, I don't get, you know, if he's all concerned about the environment and everything else, I don't know why you chose the Mona Lisa to take it out on, but that's just me personally, I feel. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, almost as strange as um, the, uh, the they're calling to ban, I guess, like porn now in this country. Like, was that a thing in the news last week? I think. Yeah, I guess that that J.D. Vance character running for Senate in Ohio is calling to ban porn. Ohio, we've covered this before. Like, <laughs> it's weakening American families and. Between that and abortion, I mean, the, we're not having kids and, you know, the, the world's gone to shit and it's got to be porn. It's got to be porn. Yeah, well, mean, the crazy thing is this guy's, running in, this guy's running in Ohio, right? 
So there were like printing presses and stuff like back in the early days. And we, and we covered some of this in the history of this industry that, you know, that these things were like made there. Well, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I mean, some printing presses, printed, the printed publications. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the dirty rags you buy at the gas station way back when. Can you even buy porn yeah. in the gas station anymore? I remember as a kid growing no, up, you you'd, just, you'd, just. you'd see that top shelf of the magazine rack and you knew exactly what it was. Even, you know, like 10 years old, but I don't know. Do yeah. they even have magazine racks in gas stations anymore? That's like. I don't know. We'll have to look. Yeah. I haven't, I'm, now I'm going to pay attention. I'm asking myself a question I should know the answer to. And I just don't because as we get older, we have our habits. And when I run into a gas station, I'm going to grab some caffeine and, you know, some cured meat and get the hell out of there. But it, this is so ridiculous. Though. So some of this stuff, I know it following someone on Twitter just to, because it's so out there. It's like no, no nude photos and this and that and the other. It's like people, we, we've been doing a thing. I think what we researched this, what the first, like, uh, we won't even get into the portrayals of naked anything because that goes back like, you know, eons. But like the first nude photos were what, pretty much around the time the camera was invented. <laughs> I mean, I've, imagine I would venture that. a guess that it didn't take long at all for somebody to go, you can do what? Uh-oh. Oh, cool. honey, take off your clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were just, you know, wired that way. <laughs> Like, it's a thing. Totally a thing. But yeah, it, it, as soon as the hammers gotten, cameras, cameras got into the hands of the masses. Yeah, that would be probably the yeah. invention of the pornographic photograph or artistic nude, if you will. Well, and I should, I should, you know, for the listeners, like, and we, we might go in depth on this because we keep threatening to go in depth on this one of these days, but we'll cover this. But for now... Just see all back up here a second. I was actually an art major. So, you know, if you're going to put a distinction between, let's say, erotica versus nude photography, because nude photography is unto itself its own genre in, in by good, good reason. So the approach of the artist is to capture the human figure. If the after thing also encapsulates some form of what someone finds erotic, that's that's not the way it, it, the, the that's not the primary position of capturing that subject where yeah, yeah. it boils down flip to it around the, and, the intention yeah. of the artist you know one yeah. one is intended to elicit emotion the other is intended to elicit erection uh, i mean fair i mean <laughs> you know, or, was, or or it's not like they didn't shoot you know all sorts of subjects this isn't just a female thing i mean lots of no no it's, it's just a play on words yeah yeah um, but I mean, fascinating. I mean, you know, you go back to the history of the world fair in Paris and, you know, and the, the development of introduction of, you know, figurative this or that. And then, you know, woman descending the stairs turns into another play and a thing. And then that actually leads to cinematography and stuff like that. But, uh, what'd you find? I mean, we should sort of say history of what the camera box, right? Cause it started out as a box at first. Just yeah, I mean, you know, our early cameras were basically just a, a lens. Some of them you could focus, some of them you couldn't on a box. And then they would what project onto a like silvered copper plate. And of course, you'd had to sit still for 30, 40 minutes for it to capture the image. <laughs> and then, you know, they were developed with uh, 
mercury vapor, which I'm sure was really safe. Uh, oh, yeah. Know? So not, not necessarily the most practical thing, which is why you see all these old, old photos that are very staged and posed and rigid and stiff because it's like, sit down, shut up, don't move or it'll be blurry. Uh, and they're all still blurry because, you know, we breathe in things as human beings. And then, you know, it didn't take long for Eastman to develop film as we know it. Yeah. So we're talking, we're we're talking to just so folks that are listening, like we're talking 18th and 19th century where the moving from the box and the first concept and some of the stuff's and not like poked hole in a thing. Right. Which was like way before that. Um, This is, you know, Germany and a chemist and, and a Swedish chemist and stuff like that, that, figured out all of these components of like, I can take a thing and burn light to a thing and, you know, then what? And then, then went on to, to your point. I mean, what, hundred or so years and what, I'm, I'm not going to quote a hundred years, but when, when did the Eastman come along when that stuff start, start happening? Oh, that was what, late, late 1800s, 1885. Would have been uh, George Eastman he developed a paper film and then, Switched to celluloid uh, rather quickly mind, after that. Mind and of course, you know, Eastman Kodak became a thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. And I always thought Eastman Kodak was like two people, right? And two names. Right. It's not. Kodak was the name of his first camera that he sold, uh, which is rather interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it yeah. was two names for a reason. Yeah, I always, like, I always I mean, thought Eastman like Kodak people. was like a partnership yeah. or something, you know, and... Turns out now Kodak was the uh, the first camera, first box camera he manufactured. It shipped with 100, 100 exposures, and then you had to send it back for processing. So, and so we're talking like the thing that like looks like an accordion, that type of box, like for focus, or was that? No, that had been the earlier earlier types. So Okay, gotcha. Yeah, like the accordion ones. Yeah, and then... You know, oh, here in, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right yeah, there with like you. The drive plates. Box. Yep. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, you you talk about a thing that happened fast, right? Because it went from, you know, then the flashball. Well, obviously there's a lot of darkroom stuff, you know, we could get into and some other stuff because, you know, film and then, you know, Kodak was a massive global. Co- I mean, you think about it, there was camera shops everywhere. Oh yeah, at one point in time, it was every every small town, at least in America, had a camera shop. Every mall had a camera shop. You know, there was it was it was a, it was a big to do. Everybody had to capture all those memories, right? Because it, then it turned into it wasn't just the the artist or the press showing up with these. Then you know, around the time of Eastman, right? They kind of leaned into this, like okay, what what they would call back then, sort of your your compact. I wouldn't call it a pocket camera, but, you know, certainly something you could stick something in and, you know, go out there and wind the film up for people that don't know. You used to actually put film in a thing. In a camera. Uh, then you had to go, then you had to go get it developed or develop it yourself. Yeah. Which I would love to learn to do, like build a dark room and shoot on film. And that's, a, that's an art unto itself and a dying one at that, I'm afraid. Yeah, not to give away ages or anything like that, but I've actually, and maybe it's not an age thing, but I did through some of my, you know, studies, uh, take a course where we actually had to do it that way. 
And so you have your bathing beds and your how you put stuff in. And it, it, it is an art unto its own. And you don't know what you have until you have a thing and then you can wreck a thing. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting looking back on um, because, you know, we actually had to go through those yeah, it's kind of things. kind of interesting. You know, you re, you really mm-hmm. sort of had to know how the camera operated and the science behind the way a photograph is formed. You know, we, we live in an age now with digital cameras being so prevalent and cell phones, and you click a shutter and you instantly see what you got, and then you can adjust from there if needs be. And before, it was like, okay, I need to know these settings. And if I don't know these settings, this image is not going to look as I intended it. And I'm not going to know it until I develop this damn film. Right. Which uh, is interesting. There's a, there's a whole different challenge to shooting that way. To the point, there are a couple of manufacturers that, that still make digital cameras without a, uh, without a screen on them. You know, they're very traditionalist. Like, here's a viewfinder and mm. you click and it captures an image, but y- you can see it later keep, keep right. on working, you know, which I think is kind of interesting, but as, as a photographer myself, I, I do enjoy, you know, having that real time preview. I mean, it helps you get things in, handy, in the right? can. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I've still got the fucking cap on the front of this thing. Yeah. Staves yeah. off, staves off a lot of disappointment yeah. when you go, Oh, yeah. that's not quite right. Let oh, me fix whoops. it real quick. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. So before we get into like, TLRs, we'll touch on that and SLRs a little bit. We want to hit break and then and go to the point of what we're gonna what we're gonna actually um, end on tonight, which is kind of cool. I do it once a year. I yeah, think. yeah. I think we can okay. uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. Cool. Sit tight. From our uh, short break, so indeed we are. we are. Indeed, we are. And had to take a so, take a little while. Look at a few things. Yeah, it's so fascinating. But but let's back it up for a hot second. So we were talking TLRs before we get into the weeds too much. SLRs, digital this, digital that. So we got we got to we got to jump a few years forward from those snappy things with well maybe we don't because they still sell these things some photographers still swear by this method right but i mean yeah there are most definitely people out there that still shoot yeah uh all types of cameras you know i, I know there are several people here regionally that shoot on old tin type uh just to do like the antique reproduction type things so it's rather interesting yeah, I might, I might, I, I might know a few people that do a few things. I'd have to have him on the, on the show. You know, he's, he's not from this country. We'd have to, you know, figure out how to dial him in. Maybe, maybe he'll come visit. You know, what I'm talking about a family yeah. member that doesn't. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good career in doing a thing. Yeah, um, met him one time in passing. Yeah, he's a good guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, you you shoot a lot, right? So, oh yeah, I shoot a ton. 
I mean, it's not like every person now. No, I mean, I don't mean that, but I mean, basically they're everywhere. They're in our phones or in our computers. I mean, some of these cameras are pretty sophisticated for even the smallest thing in your phone. Right. I mean, yeah, no, they, I mean, phone camera technology is just come leaps and bounds in a very short amount of time to where, you know, it, extraordinary. It was, you know, you could take a photo and be like, Oh, that was a thing. And they were just grainy and gross. And now, you know, people are shooting billboards and magazine covers and feature length films on, on an iPhone, <laughs> you know, which absolutely blows my mind, but I don't think they're, they're not quite there yet just because of the miniaturization element. Uh, there's something to be said for larger sensors and, you know, traditional lens designs that just give you more creative control. Um, so I, I don't think. And just good, good glass. Yeah. I mean, I mean, good glass, right. You know, a lot of these cell phones can replicate uh, digitally things that can be accomplished yeah. uh, with different types of lenses. But you know, if you know what you're looking at, you can always go, mm, yeah, that's, that's, that's an effect. That's not what, what they sensor actually saw and captured. So I don't think it's quite dead just yet, but it is becoming more niche. Um, which, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find a good camera store anymore. Speaking of, you know, 20 years ago, there was one everywhere. Now it's, you know, one or two in a state, maybe depending on how many large cities you have. I mean, quite honestly, right. I mean, to actually go and yeah, lenses and, you know, even, or, or, you know, going to your point about film, I mean, or, you know, film being, you know, even when your negatives have been developed, you know, if you want to redo on a negative, cause I still have some, you know, negatives here and there and, and some, um, slide stuff like to actually truly get them sent out to a facility that you, you trust a, with a thing that if it gets destroyed, you're fucked. Like there's not an extra copy of it. Um, to do a thing. I mean, it's, they're out there, but it takes a little while. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're definitely still out there. They're a couple of well, well, well respected, uh, companies that you can send film to and have it developed, uh, you know, that are also discreet <laughs> for those that, yeah, I mean, that care about that sort of thing, but it's definitely, you yeah. can't just go to your neighborhood drugstore anymore and drop the stuff off and, and pick it up, you know, the next day or an hour, you know, they used to have the one hour photo delivery, not delivery, but development. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a thing of the past. It's like, send it off in the mail and it'll show back up sometime. But don't do it. Don't do a nude. <laughs> don't do a nude. Okay. Word to the wise. Don't do a nude. Um, time, time for another good idea, bad idea. Well, then, no, but I mean, being an art major in, in college, I mean, it was kind of funny. We'd laugh. We're like, yeah, you're going to take that over here. And they're like, yeah, go ahead, do it. Like scare the guy and be like, no, we can't develop this stuff here. It's like, come like, dude, like I go to the, you know, the, the place up the street here. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, because we would, we would do things in art that you learned about, which I, I do, I do, I do, you know, for our listeners, I do love, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not particularly good at camera work, but, um, I, I still enjoy the, the agony of, you know, figurative drawing and, and just painting in general, but just a factoid about myself. But, um, do you want to explain the digital single lens reflex camera to anyone that listens to us that doesn't know what that is, <laughs> including myself, because it's I like, mean, I own one of these putting me on and the I spot. sort of I, know how to work it. 
Yeah, I'm like, uh, what? I mean, I know what an SLR camera is, but I don't necessarily off the top of my head. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a you could just go with. There's a lot of patents, folks. There's a lot of patents. Okay, there's a lot of behind the scenes technology that it's it's pretty it's pretty miraculous. Yeah, no, for sure. and I mean, standard entry, right? So base entry, you you know, you don't have to, I mean, you know, people spend a lot of money on these cameras, but to get a really nice camera and actually learn how to shoot, which is, it's, to me, it's one of those things that's always kind of frustrated me. I'm like nowhere near the proficiency that you are, Brandon, but an understanding of light and reflection of everything. But I, I know folks like you and other folks that really understand this stuff. And it's just challenging, like to want to know versus I'll just pull my phone out, which it, it, now it's almost like it's taken away the challenge of learning because I have this device in my pocket that's going to do a thing faster. And yeah. You know, it'll, it can, it'll meter it a thing. On its own. And, yeah. And kind of make decisions yeah. for you. And you know, there are some app based camera systems and things that use AI to <coughs> like analyze a scene and go, okay, I can compare this against, you know, tens of thousands of similar images and choose an exposure and a depth of field on your behalf very rapidly, uh, which is cool. But, you know, I mean, ultimately with a camera, you have a shutter, you have a sensitivity and you have um, an aperture. And while those things can be intimidating, once, once it clicks, no pun intended, uh, right. It's pretty simple to understand. And then if you get into, you know, off camera flash and things like that, then there's more science that you have to learn behind a thing because everything turns inside out. <laughs> it's rather interesting. Well, and I've seen, you know, you, you know, my background too. I mean, I spent considerable amount of time and, you know, the after production stuff in Photoshop and some really intense stuff. So you kind of get, you know, way back in the day we would joke, like I'd look at a thing and they'd be like, Oh my God, that's such a great cover. This and the other. And I'm like, no, that's so overdone garbage. It's not even funny. Like when you see behind the curtain of some of these things, and I guess it's for the fact that, you know, having studied and done those many years doing a thing, you know, I can look at a photo and I can be like, yeah, they didn't just put a filter on that. Like that was just actually shot because somebody knew what the hell they were doing and that they saw a thing and they wanted exactly this. They wanted to blow the background out, but, you know, keep crisp over here and actually blur that cheek off or whatever it is. You know, that wasn't done post-production, which yeah. is, yeah, there's you know, a lot ab- of intent behind a beautiful yeah. photograph, which you know, a lot more work goes in and then, you know, there's a, I'm guilty of this myself, a tendency, a huge tendency to just over, over bake that cake in (laughs) post-processing. It's like, there's a fine line. Um, and then, you know, at at the highest levels of retouching and, and and color grading, you know, it's, it's imperceptible. You'd be like, this is just the most beautiful person with the most perfect skin I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and then others, you know, especially, Speaking of filters and things to put over, um, you know, like a through Instagram and whatnot, it's very obvious <laughs> what's been done. Yeah. In, so, and I think part of what I appreciate is when I, when, you know, I guess maybe painting and stuff like you can, you can underdo or you can overdo. You definitely know when you've passed the point of like, you've just killed a thing and overdone, at least in my experience from how I approach anything. Um, it, it I appreciate the, some of the, just rawness or underdo like you know true a thing up a little bit but it's kind of nice to see some of the actual 
you know, granular, you know, whether or not that's humanity or, you know, hair out of place or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's I been, well, especially with it, photography, you know, you know there are definitely yeah. people that, you know, are of the opinion that if it doesn't come out of the camera looking like that, then it's not a photograph anymore. <laughs> you know, right. like they draw a hard line, like what, what, whatever the camera spits out, that that's a photograph. The moment you digitally manipulate it at all, then it's, it's something else, you know, and I, I can see the argument for sure. And then, you know, these I days can it, too, but you there's also, so much compositing also, and whatnot done that what, what you're seeing is not what was actually present, even though it would appear to be, um, you right. know, and it's like, eh, like, do we need a new term? Maybe, I'm, I don't know, just to differentiate, you know, I don't want to say a raw photograph because that's a, that's a technical thing in photography, but you know, a, a, a manipulated versus a non-manipulated photograph. I think sometimes you do need a distinction, uh, if nothing else for people that are learning and comparing their work. And going, why can't I? Why, mean, that's well, very why does, fair. Why does yeah. none of my stuff look this good? Oh, it's so discouraging. And it's like, well, uh, <laughs> theirs didn't either, you know. Uh, so I, really I can't appreciate look at it. Seeing before and afters for mm-hmm. things that have been, yeah, uh, retouched just because you go, oh, look at that, straight out of camera. I can see that, but then, man, you're super talented with the retouching side because I can't touch the level of so many people. But to do an earlier point, right? So the dark room is a thing, right? So I understand if, if it's not what you got in the camera. Well, okay, let's back a thing up. You're limited by how the viewer is going to see the work. So whether or not that's actually developed, you know, actual print in a dark room, right? Which there is a lot of art to that part, which is why Photoshop is kind of an interesting thing. It's at least in its early days. You're, all you're trying to do is take the image and make sure that it can get to the next thing it's going to be expressed on, whether or not that's a magazine cover yeah. or a print or something. So there's a really fine line with how far you help something along for its finality, if if you will. And then, you know, sometimes you're just like, no, just make it look, you know, it's going to be ragged out and whatever, 72 DBI and have to go all over the interwebs, um, you know. No one, you can't tell really at that way. I can tell, but I think most of the time I can. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of what is, what is the end result of where this thing's going? Yeah. And again, you it's know, it's important. There's, there's a certain amount of leeway, even if you go back to traditional film development, to your point in a dark room, like yeah. you can control, you know, some aspects of exposure and contrast and saturation of colors. And I, and I think, you know, with digital photography, we have, you know, JPEG formats, which are compressed and, a lot of cameras shoot only JPEG, but then, you know, higher end cameras shoot in what's known as raw format, uh, which retains a lot more data pertaining to dynamic range and color and whatnot. And and I think selectively choosing what aspects are exposed without any further manipulation is more akin to developing a, a piece of film than manipulating a photo. But again, there are those that would argue with me on that, too. So who who knows? We can all agree to disagree. There you go. So what do you make? So we're going to, we're going to talk about a thing. This is where we're going to finally end up tonight. I'm looking at the world photography organization page. Um, and this is what the Sony competition. Yeah. So every year Sony has the Sony world photography awards and 
they've rather recently, uh, I think, posted the uh, the winners for 2022. And now the 2023 submissions are already open. Um, but I highly recommend anybody that has any interest in photography or just viewing beautiful work uh, to go check out the worldphoto.org and poke around the galleries and things of the winners and in short listers um, that were selected every year. I mean, they have their archives from all the previous years as well as the current 2022, but really, really beautiful work and worth, worth looking at on a uh, larger high resolution screen. This stuff looks good on a phone too. Um, but yeah. I highly, highly recommend if you have, you know, a, a, a Apple product with a retina display or a high end 4k display to look at these things there because they're unlike, you know, Instagram and other places that are photocentric. Uh, those places tend to still compress images for the internet just because that makes the internet faster. And Fast, these yeah, are, faster. these are most assuredly by my eye stored in, in their full resolution formats. And there's a lot of detail that would be lost uh, if you viewed them on an inadequate display. There you go. But it, do, do we want to discuss? So first of all, for folks, so Sony does a competition. It blew my mind. I mean, it doesn't blow my mind. I mean, how many submissions did they get? Like a lot. Yeah, I did. we were trying to nail that down, and I, I don't want to throw a number out there. I had one in my head, but I cannot find it to see if I was I was correct in my just, memory there. So let's just go with a lot, <laughs> thousands, like, at least thousands. I'm sure <laughs> tens, hundreds of thousands in the categories, and then you know, I, I I can't imagine you know the other side of this, like the, the, the folks running the competition that have to sit down and, you know, curate and, and do, you know, score, whatever they do, whatever, you know, process that they use have to go through this stuff and actually put this up here. But, um, I'm glad they do it. Yeah. And no, I'm, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm actually appreciative of, and I'm just going to call this out. So there's a, I'm going to go, this is a copyright Hugh Fox from the United Kingdom. Okay. He was a finalist professional portfolio. This was a winner this year, 2022. And it's a, it's a cat photo. <laughs> because we know the, so I, 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 the internet was made for two things, pornography and pictures of cats. The rest of I'm going to go with the guy extra. <laughs> I'm going to go with the guy that's got the balls. That's like, I'm going to submit be, because it's, because it's a fucking cat photo. Like I'm submitting the cat photo. I don't out of the love of the cat or, I mean, it's an extraordinary photo. I don't think it, it doesn't, it doesn't strike me like he intended. Like it just strikes me like he just got a thing in the can and it was like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to give this guy a call. I'm going to give him a holler because anybody that's got the balls to go, yep, I'm going to send, I'm going to send large, this large competition, a photo of a cat. I mean, it's kind of, that's kind of funny. Yeah. You know, for sure. Um, you know, a good photo and, and, is a good you know, photo. Yeah. But, but the, you know, it's a little, yeah. So, so it'd be like, he's out for having cheers, mate. You know, you made a, you, you, what'd you get, what'd you get placed for in this competition? I sent him a cat photo. I mean, you know, that's some, that's some, that's kind of funny. Yeah. You got to do what you got to yeah. do. And the other cool thing is, yeah. is they, uh, they sell prints. Uh, off that website as well for all the winners. So if you fall in love with a thing, oh, you can purchase a 
purchase those prints and have them sent directly to you, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I think that the thing that that stands out to me and, and and folks, we can't, you know, obviously we're a podcast, we can't show you this stuff, but you, you know, there are there are photos here that are that that have a certain amount of intent, like they were going, you know, you went out and you captured something, you shot something, you got it. And there's other photos where you're like I kind of have the the feeling like, you know, they're out there, they're doing a thing and it's like holy fuck, that's just humanity in front of me. And they were just that good and fast at, at capturing yeah, at the moment. You know, know what I'm saying, Brandon? Certain, like, certain lifestyle photography and, and street photography especially, you know, it's just brilliant, brilliant tales of the day-to-day lives of people. How about you? Yeah, Very all around the world. I mean, it's, yeah. So, I, I yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll put a link up there when we put this uh, podcast out there. But again, I would, you know, people just want to take a break out of their day and enjoy a coffee. Obviously, if you're enjoying a coffee with Brandon, he recommends a 4K screen, you know, 32 <laughs> inches, whatever. I'm just saying. You know, yeah, if you want to see a thing, see a thing, right? But uh, yeah, absolutely cool stuff. So anyhow, my friend, you want to leave it there? Yeah, I think that's a good place to jump off. All right. Well, folks, check a thing out, and uh, you know, I'll put a I'll put a note in the uh, in the show notes, and uh, we'll put it out on the uh, the Insta whatever's the flavor of the week, so uh, folks can go over and take a look at a thing. So, yeah, sounds good to me. I guess we'll sign off. All, All right. right. Until, Until next, next time. time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course, find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.